You're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. Hello, welcome to the Tuesday Club. We're back. Me, Sean Holly, Kyle Reese. We're going to get straight into it tonight, Kyle, because we're lucky. We've got a very special guest. You'll have seen him on all sorts. Major films, Star Wars, Pirates of the Caribbean, great hit series like Stella, Afterlife with Ricky Gervais, and now the Tuckers. We've got the wonderful Steve Spears. Ah! How are you, boys? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I know it's difficult with lockdown, but uh, I guess this is something to do, isn't it? It is something to do. I've had, uh, I mean, the whole lockdown thing, it's, um, I don't know, I still get nightmares about uh, waking up and having to do long division because the whole thing, <laughs> the whole thing about having to do that with the kids was hard, you know. And I didn't mind, um, I, I, you know, I was thinking, well, we're safe, we formed a bubble, we're wearing masks if we have to, we're not going out. So it was really weird that my fear wasn't the pandemic, my fear was looking at what was getting sent through from the school that night. Like, you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> some kind of right. that. That was no good when I was there. And it's changed. It's changed from the way they taught us. I know. Do you know what I mean? It's like they've gone, right, what's the what's the most difficult possible way we can teach this to the kids? They said, who <laughs> hasn't got a clue with this? Let's get that bloke down there. I've got a good way. That's the way we'll use it. <laughs> it's that thing you know, that... It, uh, it, that Danny Dyer said, didn't he? He goes, oh, my daughter comes home from school and one of the questions we ask, they, they ask her is, name me seven different types of magnets. And he's like, a fridge magnet. And then, and then I run out, he says, yo, are you, cameraman, name me seven type of magnets now. And he's like, uh, I don't know, silly, <laughs> silly things. <laughs> what were they ever going to use? It's like when we were in school, you know, uh, have you ever used algebra in your adult life? No, <laughs> absolutely pointless. You know, you go to, um, you know, say, whatever we do in our lives, you know, whatever point to say there is, you want to go to the cinema? All right, how are you doing, mate? Fine. What do you want? I'll have a popcorn. I want two tickets for that. Just a moment, though. Have you considered what X minus RC is? <laughs> oh, have you? Just give me the bloody tickets. When was the last I time? Petrol, please, in the garage. I want a bit of petrol. Well, what do you want? Do you want? What do you want? Do you want? Do you want a unleaded? Do you want leaded? Do you, what do you want? Well, hang on. I'm not sure about that. Let's just work this out first. R2 minus A. What is that about? <laughs> What's the acidity levels? What's the differentiating acidity levels in the petroleum? Have you? When was the last time you, you actually underlined something you wrote when you were made to do it in school every time? Make sure you're underlining that now, Mr. Reese. <laughs> I, I can't say I've ever underlined anything in my life. <laughs> but, man, listen, Steve, you know, through all this, because I know, as well as you're acting, you write, you direct, you're always thinking these things. Something come out of lockdown. I can imagine you sat there thinking of all these funny things and things that come out of lockdown. Is there going to be a series coming out? Oh, mate, do you know what? I was I was very lucky that um, when lockdown happened, I was in the I was in the West End, right? I was doing um, uh, uh, the Ben Elton play Upstart Crow uh, uh, in the Gilgood Theatre, and um, it, it was literally we didn't know what was happening. We were told that that night, right? It was get out, get home, and it's happening now. It was very quick. Um, in fact, I'm probably one of the few men that can say uh, I was put into lockdown as I was in the middle of putting on a 12-inch codpiece. So, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, <laughs> there's not many can brag about that. So it was all, and then I was very lucky that I came back and uh, the Tuckers had uh, gone down incredibly well the first series. So I'd had an early commission. Um, and I was able to go into writing the Tuckers and I was able to get very creative on working on that straight away. But, you know, it's decimated so many industries. Um, mm. 
and and the entertainment industry especially i mean you know it's it's the whole thing about what we do is it's a shared experience you know i mean professional sports sport yeah. It's, um, yeah no it's been tapping so the last thing i wanted to do because they did say to me hey we could film this earlier if you write some stuff about covid or stuff about lockdown i said listen this will come out next year it always yeah. has to eight months after you finish it if i put on a comedy show and i turned it on and they were chatting about lockdown. I put my book through the telly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think we've yeah. all uh, we've all sort of like well, enough. Yeah. Want to get out of it? Yeah. 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 So apart from uh, devising your own meal plans, which I've seen on your yes. social media, <laughs> but I've seen these It's class, like hula hoop, slice of cheese, and a bit of packet ham. <laughs> <laughs> my my lettuce surprise was a good one. My lettuce wrap. <laughs> Which had hula hoops, grated cheese, and salad cream, and the only surprise was that it didn't taste as shit as it looked. But um, I gotta say, I did, I did something last night. The wife and kids are away, and um, you know, I, I've been trying to be creative with my recipes. But the good thing about being a grown up with the kids away is you can eat whatever you want, can't it? So for yeah. tea just now, I had a bowl of crisps, some jelly babies, and a picnic egg, and. Uh, and that's all right, because I don't have to set an example. But last night, I'm a bit disappointed with Twitter today, because um, I thought I'd had a sugar genius. You know? I made a fantastic um, sausage and lentil casserole. I've got a wonderful butcher in Cardiff. He does the most amazing sausages. I bought these great chicken tikka sausages, very high quality. He's won awards, this bloke, and that. And I did it with my lentils, and I thought, oh, and I've got to say, it tasted great. And I put it on the... Twitter last night, and it seems to have totally divided the audience, this one. Really? I mean, have a look at it. Well, you get half of them saying, what's the recipe? And the other half saying, it looks like something you'd find in the U-bend of a builder's bog. <laughs> I've got to say, I did realise that I don't know how good you are at photographs, boys, but you try and photograph two sausages in a lentil bog. <laughs> you know? I'm just going to leave that image hang with you. I, I did <laughs> see, I did see the picture. I, I, yeah, I see the picture. I think I liked it as well. But I, I thought, yeah, it looks quite tasty. <laughs> I give it a like, mate. I give it a like. <laughs> so talking of chicken tikka, I, I haven't had a takeaway for ages, and I, I thought I'd have one. And I had um, I had a tandoori mixed grill, right, which was lovely. And I, and I, on the menu was like this very hot and spicy chicken tikka kebab, and I like. I like a bit of spice. I like chicken tikka. Oh, it was it was awesome. Bombay spice, Kyle. Get down there. It's fantastic. It had a real kick to it, like you know, a real shock. But yeah, yeah. Uh, chicken tikka is fantastic in it. Oh, oh I absolutely love it. What about you? What's your choice, Kyle? Um, I, I, I very we always ask these questions to people as well, Indian or Chinese. I'm a Chinese man. I am. I do, oh. I, I do. I don't. I, I like it Indian. Like, you know, like you know, I'm not this big because I don't like food. But uh, uh, Chinese is my vice. That's the one that I would go. Oh, do you know what? Like, get me some ribs and you know, uh, some 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 crispy chicken Cantonese style. I'm not too much and for the spices. Those, um, both of those meals have absolutely nothing to do with China whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. I love, uh, and I love crackers and chips. All right, a UK um, a UK Chinese then. <laughs> yeah, okay, absolutely. No joking. Hey, I tell you what, though, that was another thing that happened in lockdown. Because suddenly people, you couldn't go out to eat, you couldn't go to a yeah. takeaway and pick things up. So you had to, everywhere shut down around me, you had to do Just Eat. Yep. You, know, you had to order it on Just Eat. 
And you know, I would go into a slight panic attack as that little bar started going across saying, your order's been placed, your order's completed. <laughs> yes, you're successful. Because I was thinking, I was getting palpitations. And I was thinking, is this going to work tonight? Because it was the one treat a week I was looking forward to. <laughs> Man, before, before we get into some of the other nitty gritty, I got to ask you, because the other thing, other than your uh, your your meal plans uh, that has struck me and I've watched through lockdown is those outtakes from Afterlife. I loved Afterlife, by the way. I couldn't wait for the new season. I watched it back to back. I think it's incredible stuff. But when the outtakes come out, they yeah. obviously they're absolutely hilarious. I just wanted to ask you, like, he's obviously trying, Ricky Gervais, isn't he? To he, he can't wait to have a bit of a gag and a bit of a laugh. And is there is there ever a point where you go? Do you know what, Rick? Let's just get this done, like. <laughs> Thank you, Bugger. Um, I think the thing is, right, is that um, <laughs> there's a sort of fluidity to it, right? So, so you know, if you think when we're speaking now, there's rarely a gap and people fill in on each other's lines and that. And, you know, there's never big pauses in like we're just sort of plowing into each other. And um, so, the thing with working with Rick is often you've got the big speech. So I had pages of this bloke stood by a box of dog shit and and, off they off. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then what he'll do is he'll interject with him and go, really? Oh, right. Mm, yeah. And and so you're not expecting those to happen, which brings out a reaction in you. You know, it's like, Carl, it's like, you know, one thing develops onto another thing. So you're suddenly in territory that you're not quite expecting that you all find very funny. And what he's doing, because of the fact that as he's looking at you acting, he's directing as well, but he's also editing it in his mind. So he knows when you've hit something that he finds very funny. And rather than sort of lock that away and think, I'll use that in the take, he immediately responds to it. Like, yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> it's, very, it's, um, it's, it's an infectious thing to be part of. I've been very lucky. I did extras with um, him and Steve, and then they invited me back to do... Uh, Cemetery Junction, and then you know Afterlife, and um, you know, and hopefully there'll be more. But uh, but it's um, it's the sort of thing that certain actors get that, and and it's a process yeah. that you enjoy. And and some people don't like that sort of fluidity. Uh, but the thing is, a lot of people say to me, "Oh, is are you improvising? Is it are you making these things up that are making them laugh?" And, laugh? and the honest truth answer is no. The the thing. Well, what I always say about acting is if you can make it look like, you know, the, the skill is to make it look like you're not acting, isn't it, really? Yeah. So, that, so that people think that you're not acting. And I have been told that many times before by directors. They say, you, you're not acting. You can't act. And that's why I don't work with people twice often. There we go. That's just <laughs> I only got to look at Steve Merchant, mine and laugh. I think he's brilliant in that extras. Yeah. Do you know what I think? I think his scenes in in Afterlife were were great, Steve, but I don't think it tops the. Come on, come up for dinner, me and you, and like with the boys, let's go for a, let's go for a, a bit of a meal. And he's like, "What? You want to go for a meal? Two grown men? That was pinnacle. You and Ricky Gervais in those scenes in extras was well. That that's when when we first met. I was fortunate to meet you a few weeks ago. We did the prostate cumry. Um, walk uh, uh the first thing i saw was oh there he is look there's the extra in the insecurity guard suit the copper asking ricky gervais to go for dinner two of the boys night down downtown it's uh and the soup and i don't know if you've seen yeah. it sean but yeah i've seen it yeah it's, it's when when he puts his head in the soup and your reaction is just like <laughs> it's just comedy gold man it's brilliant it's, it's, it's weird because um 
you know, it's been a while since we shot that and um you know we had a great laugh if you look at that scene with the soup actually there's very rarely uh, a shot where the two of us are in it together because he'd often be out of the room pissing himself when the camera was off, <laughs> and then I'd go when he was on there. So, the, so we sort of like shot around it, you know. It's very rare that we were together. But I get people. It's the one show I've done where people come up um, and uh, can literally tell me the script line for line. Yeah, and know it. You know, you know when you're involved in something that's become a bit of a cult sort of thing, because that happens. And you know, I, the thing is, fellas, I was really, really lucky because. Um, Sam Jackson, you know, possibly the coolest man in the world, was over to do the episode. And up until then, all the episodes had very much been about the guest star, you know, and you couldn't get bigger than Samuel L. Jackson. But he was only over here for the day, and he was doing Parkinson in the morning, and then he was doing us in the afternoon. So we literally had him for an afternoon, and and there was another actor, they just blocked him in, moved him, and then Sam came in, stood he was told to do, did his bit and disappeared. So therefore, it was an episode where there was room for development of this other character, which was the one um, that I played, you know. So, yeah, it was, it was a really lucky coming together of um, certain things that, that ended up in, you know, it was a trick. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. And, yeah. you know, it's still a bit of work I'm proud of, really. So, yeah. Mate, what's the best thing you've ever done, Steve? You've been involved in so much, whether it be writing, directing, acting. What's the best thing you've been involved in? I personally think it's my sausage and lentil casserole. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said that. I'm having a look at the photos as I'm speaking to you, and it doesn't look too clever. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, most, I'm probably most proud of the Tuckers because I created it. It had been a long... Uh, it's, you know, it was, it's, it's based on my family. I really wanted to... It's written from a place of love. So I really wanted to, to to write that and do that. So, you know, on a personal level of pride, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with that. I mean, I've done things that... It's, it's a really interesting question, that's wrong, because the things that people are good, think you're going to see, um, yeah. like Star Wars or something like that, like <clears throat> Star Wars, I can't remember much of the shoot. Um, I think I'd gone through a bad divorce at the time, and it's all wiped out, I can't remember. <laughs> It was one of my divorces. Anyway, no. Um, <laughs> no, I was, doing, I was doing Star Wars. And what I do remember about Star Wars is not so much the filming of it, because there was a lot of green screen. Um, and, you know, you'd be sat on a, on a, on a uh, stepladder, and then George Lucas would say, oh, that's a horse type thing. I didn't really get my head around it. But afterwards, um, I went to conventions. And now, you know this, kind of the stuff that you do, right? So... So there is a circuit out there of conventions of people that go to meet the people in these cult yeah. shows or cult films and that. And it was for a couple of years, the most fascinating experience because, you know, I'd be in Germany and in a hotel witnessed Kenny Baker, who played R2D2, and he was a very angry little man, Kenny. I don't know why they called us at this time. I don't really understand what's happening. You know, she was very angry. Am I allowed to swear? This yes, you can swear. Yeah, oh, you can swear. Oh. So, um, so <laughs> having an argument with Pete Mayo, who played Chewbacca, right? Pete's like seven foot nine, and Penny's and Kenny's going, "Have you, have you had your fucking expenses? Because I haven't had anything." <laughs> Pete's like, going, 
Hey, listen, chill out, man. Just chill out, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was an incredible experience. And, um, you know, I, I witnessed them. Uh, there was, um, do you remember Jabba the Hutt, right? The big Jabba the Hutt, right? Yes. So J- Jabba was worked by three puppeteers, right? There was the left arm, the bloke who did the right arm, and then uh, a lovely guy called Mike Edmonds, who was um, a midget. Be very careful, Mike, as well as if you're a midget or a dwarf or little people. But, but Mike was saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a dwarf, I'm a midget, or I'm a midget, not a dwarf. And, and this was just the terminology that these guys were talking about, or little people. But he, Mike was the tail of Jabba the Hat. The tail. Now, so you had the left arm, the right arm, and Mike in the tail, moving Jabba. That's how Jabba moved. But the left arm had a row with the right arm and they would not talk to each other. <laughs> and Mike was the only one that got on with the left, and the tail that got on with the left arm and the right arm. So if you went to a convention, they would never appear together. So people who wanted Jabba signed, right? They had to have his left arm signed, his right arm signed, or his tail signed. So they'd have to go to various conventions to get <laughs> the whole thing signed. Idea. And I was in Germany and I was telling this story about how I got the job, which was... You know, but I, I've been in the theatre in Georgia because it's I gotta say, I was listening to myself going, You're sounding a bit of a Ponzi actor here now. And I think George found there was something <clears throat> interesting in the timbre of my voice. I'm thinking, Oh, shut up, Steve, you're making a dick of yourself. And they were saying, How did you get the job? And then they, they gave the microphone to Mike and said, How do you get the job? And Mike went, Well, George said to me, Can you fit in there? Can <laughs> you fit in there? <laughs> I know it's cast like a fit in the tail. Oh, you God. got the job. You can get yeah, in. You're in. You, you can get in. Oh <laughs> God! So you met Kyle recently on this um, this walk, uh, the big walk. I did it oh, last year, the year before. Last and, uh, year, I think you did it for for prostate company. It's not easy, is yeah. it? Well, I got to say, it was easier than it could have been if we'd had to do it in one day. But we could do it over the month. So I did so, sort of like you know. Four miles here, six miles there, sort of thing, and and, ah, and, right. and, and added up. But no, twenty-six miles on its own in one day is not easy at all. I mean, you did it in one day, didn't you, Ben? Yeah, I think I, you uh, did. Did you do your I did it in one day. Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, my knees just swole up. You know, I, mean, yeah. I tried to keep reasonably fit, but bloody hell, you know, you're pumping oh. away. Yeah, yeah, and not it's hard roads, and it's and you know, it's it's not. Um, you know, the thing with it is, if you're going up and down over hills or, you know, roads in the terrain or the rest of it, and you, you're normally on a road or a pavement, that's yeah. really hard on the old joints, that, isn't it? It's a long, old walk, that is. So every did in one day, fantastic. But, I mean, the main thing is we all got together. We'd all done it um, over the month. And I think quite a lot of people got involved with this. Too. It was on, um, it was obviously distance and on social media. But, you know, it's a great cause. And they worked really hard there to, to raise money for an important issue. So, yeah, it was good to be involved. Yeah, it's good. There's a lot of the rugby boys involved as well. I do I hold yeah. some events for them, you know. People like Bob Norster, Eddie Butler, yeah. they're great fellas, and they, yeah. you know. Oh, they're wonderful. Well, Eddie, um, I, I saw Eddie, I'd never met Eddie before. I, I mean, how old is that man? He still fits into a pair of 34 inch jeans. I know. He's cool as you like, isn't he? He's cool as you like this man. Um, <laughs> so uh, I said to him, Look, could you do the voiceover for this little skit I'd written at the end of it with us all walking in? Because I just wanted that um, gravitas of Eddie's. <laughs> oh, he's, he's brilliant at those, isn't he? I know. Was, uh, well, I was disappointed when I spoke to him that he wasn't really speaking in poem. I thought Eddie's always going to be speaking in poem. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, when you meet him, you must be speaking in poem, yeah. <laughs> you must be speaking in poem. 
Yes, oh, that's it. Phone number four. Yeah. That was me running in. I was chatting away to somebody who was asking me about yeah. what I do. And I turned around and all the boys were having a photo. So I was like, wait for me. And I just ran and stood next to Eddie Butler. I was like, oh my God, I got my hand on Eddie Butler's waist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was Bubbins, Mike Bubbins, me, Scott Cornell, he's a unit. Um, Gareth Edwards, Eddie Butler and you. Yeah. And yeah. Look at Eddie. He looks like he's just... the odd one out there, Kyle. Uh, I, I wouldn't like to say they're all legends. <laughs> sitting on the fence, sitting on the fence. <laughs> uh, talking of rugby, Steve, it's back. In yeah. some guys, we know you We love you love your rugby. Yeah. Uh, I remember you and I and Shane had a couple of pints after that uh, that, that meeting we had regarding um, a, a film you're looking at called Rugby Girls. But um, have you watched any of it? You had time to, yeah, to, to I, I, take I was, a look at it? I was so excited about it. I mean, I tried to um, unsubscribe from a lot of things. That's what I hate about rugby these days as well, is yeah. that you've got to go to so many people to get it. You know? I mean, I got, I got out of PP Sport because they weren't showing me any sport. And then you suddenly realise you've got the Gallagher starting up. Um, you know, Sky, we all we all have our, um, <clears throat> you know, our buttons. Sky know that. They know that there'll be something which will drag us to Sky eventually. And for me, it was rugby. And that's why I took on Sky. And no sooner had I gone there than they started to sell it all off to, to other places. So it's very frustrating. So you've got to try and get it in pockets now. So, um, yeah, I tend to watch the Pro 14, all of it, because I've got the premiere. Brilliant. And... Um, and then you'll get one match on Channel 5 with the Gallagher and I'll try and catch up with the highlights then with um, uh, Flats on a Monday and that, you know. But yeah, I watched it. I thought that, um, you know, <clears throat> it was, I, was, I was actually surprised at how sharp a lot of people were yeah. um, coming back, especially the Leinster-Munster game, which I thought oh, was... a great good. game. What a game, you know. I mean, uh, Ringrose is just yeah. a cl- classy game. Um, Standards are a real nuisance, whatever. I only turn over yeah. Um, but you know, they they were really knocking into each other, and it was a very good game of rugby to watch, right down yeah. to the wire. I did enjoy the um, the Dragons Ospreys match as, as well. You know, it was a draw, but it especially I thought you know it, it had a lot of rugby excitement. But I, I was I was I really and there was uh, there's another you know the a new Adam Jones to look out for in that. I thought that <laughs> what a, a start he had to have, didn't he? Yeah, oh, what a, what a I mean, first game. All of that going on, a red card, and you go, George North, you said, yeah. I mean, he's got balls of steel. He's either brilliant or he doesn't know what he quite did. He's going to wake up and go, what the hell did they do that? But, no, um, he's been coming up the rails, to be fair. He's been, they've, had, they've been pushing him, and they, uh, it's yeah. probably a good, well, I say it was a good one. It's a baptism of fire, wasn't it? You know, you have to make the call, and yeah. it's all gone his way, really. Fair play. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought he was great. Um, but I did love, um, I loved watching. Cardiff, the Blues and Scarlets, because um, you know there were a couple of really good tries there with Seth Evans, mm. and I know that you know there seems to be a, a thing in a modern game now that people play sort of like one three three one, and they try to get these big boys on the wing, so there's a mismatch to get a big giant steaming over a little winger. But I, I just still love the sight of somebody that's got pure gas yeah. on the outside. That's you know that kick ahead and hit down. That was. What was that? Ten percent chance of getting that. Zero point ten percent. But yeah, so there was enough to keep me excited and um, looking forward to next weekend. But uh, yeah, I mean, I it's nothing like being in the ground or um, you know having the atmosphere of it. And uh, I don't know how, how the boys are coping with nobody being there. Or... It's, it's 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 eerie, mate. It's different. Everyone's wearing masks. And I said this on another podcast last night. I I like to to, to give a little bit of 
passion, a little bit of enthusiasm in my commentary, you know, I just think, because yeah. one, because I'm in, in there, and two, I just like that sort of thing. I think it just yeah. lights it up a little bit. And having not done it for a while, in I go, cans on, you know what it's like, lip mic. I'm with Shane, so I'm excited, but he's a couple of metres away. Wynn Griffith is another couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm up for it. We're back. And then, you know, it was a couple of, it was an early try for George, early try for Ashton Hewitt, the red card. I'm getting a bit excited. I'm thinking about half time, I have to go down to pitch side because I'm doing a little bit of half time with Ross. On my way down, I realise there's nobody in the stadium, maybe a hundred odd people, you know, yeah. S4C crew, uh, stewards. But I realized they must have all been listening to me <laughs> echoing around the stadium, <laughs> shouting my commentary. I was mortified. I was thinking, oh my God, no. Got the Scarlet, uh, the, the Dragons coaching team were right next to us. They must have heard every word I said. Okay. I was like, Jesus. Do you, um, do they put the crowd noise through the stadium? Yeah, but the, the stuff we've seen on the telly at the moment, it was pretty good, isn't it? With the football, there's oohs and ahs and this, that, and the other. Yeah. With, with that game at the Liberty on Sunday, it was just like a drone of... Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, Nick, Nick Tompkins same. was the first one that's come out now and said he absolutely hated uh, it. Right. Um, I think okay. I read read somewhere today, I think it was probably BBC Sport, well, it's the only sport news I read. But, um, yeah, he's, he's come out and he said that uh, he absolutely hated it. It put him off. I yeah, they can hear it coming in the ground. Yeah, they. W- yeah, yeah, but it was. In fact, at one point, there was an incident, and it was so mundane, so boring. Shane turned around and said to me, and all live on comedy, he said, "The pretend crowd are getting feisty." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and I, I you know, because we, because we like that, me and Shane. I yeah. said, to be fair, they cheered all day. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the thing is, is that, I mean for me I, I, I'll be honest I get annoyed with it uh, I'd rather just watch it without you know I don't need to know somebody press a button to make a cheer or a clap because there's been a good phase or a good play I know when there's been a good phase or a good yeah. play I can make my decision you know so I sort of find it quite annoying but um, yeah mind you 100 people in a big stadium like that Sounds like some of my comedy gigs, mate. Let's talk about Wales. Um, uh, imagine an autumn international, uh, the one that's mooted now, the eight nations with Japan and Fiji, possibly, but we, we're in a group with England and Ireland. Yeah. Imagine the Principality Stadium or even Twickenham with nobody in. Can you imagine that? I don't understand it, right? I, I it, It's very frustrating for me, and, and it's one of the things that, you know, it's one of these anomalies of lockdown that really does my head in, you know. For example, my wife and uh, kids went over to Poland last week. Uh, I took them to Bristol, rushed back to make sure that my sausage and lentil casserole was going well. It's a week <laughs> in the making this thing. You don't get, uh, you don't get those sort of stains in the toilet without putting a bit of preparation. <laughs> and um, anyway, no, seriously. So she showed me photographs. They're on a plane. Right? People are going to Greece. People are going four hours on a plane. I promise you not. There were people that weren't wearing masks there. Of course, they're having water, doing things. Okay, you're on a plane for four hours. It's allowed. And we're trusting people. How on earth can we not go into a stadium which is outdoors with all the recent research from the WHO suggesting that there's very slim chances of getting it from uh, an outdoor... You know, you have one every other seat or... The same for the theatre, you know, our decimated business. At what point are we going to say, well, 
if it's good enough for a restaurant. You know, I can sit in a restaurant, I can go on an aeroplane, but I can't actually go in a stadium and watch a game. Yeah. Or a theatre. I saw that Andrew Lloyd yeah. Webber piece, you know, and he was really eloquent and uh, yeah. made real good points. I mean, I, I've been down to my local car. We've been, we've been down there. I mean, that's worse than an aeroplane. Mm. I think. I would say. Um, where where, where is your local? Eh? Where is your local? Uh, the Brit, the Brit pub, who uh, who are partners here on the Tuesday Club. The Brit pub, <laughs> you must come up, mate. You must come up. Can I, I just want to note, point, point that out now. Sean's so, like you said earlier on, everything's fluid. He's so slick with these now. You've just asked him where our local was. He's gone the Brit pub. And in his brain, he's gone, no, I shouldn't say it like that on the podcast. And he's instantly gone, the Brit pub. It's our local. It's where your friends are. <laughs> Ron Burgundy kicks in. <laughs> But, no, but it is, but yeah, it is no, a beautiful I mean, place. Don't tell me, you know, at an Osprey's Dragons game, you barely get 6,000 anyway. Exactly. So you could yeah. just socially distance them in there. Yeah. You know, and you'd have an atmosphere. Well, you know, I was going to say that. What what are the gates going to be in a lot of these anyway? Now, I've been to see, uh, you know, Cardiff and um, Scarlet's play in Cardiff, and it, 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 was not, it wasn't full by any means, you know. No. You, could, you could still definitely get the crowd in, even if you do work in a, you know, 50% capacity. But, yeah. So, yeah, so it's one of those anomalies that I think has got to be uh, addressed at some point with live yeah, sport, yeah. Uh, live theatre. Um, nobody wants to put their name know. to it, do they? I mean, I, I went for a walk down uh, uh, a beach that shall not be named when yeah. we had that bit of a heat wave. Jesus, yeah. that's going to... Honestly, that, that's worse than a stadium or definitely a theatre with socially distancing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's just killing our industry. You know, I, yeah. I, you, you've been right in. I have up until last Sunday and worked for five months. You know, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. a nice break, but um, you know, there's actors and all sorts of freelance yeah. people behind in front of the camera that are yeah. that are struggling. You know, no, but anyway, um, what's next? If lockdown was to go away come January, yeah. Uh, other than the writing of the new Tuckers, what what's next? Well, hopefully there'll be the filming of it as soon as possible, really. So, um, yeah, so there's a few little projects. I when I say I can't talk about these because you sound like uh. a right old dick. But, yeah, um, <clears throat> I can't really because as soon as you do it, you'll jinx it and they won't come off. And also they're things that are just, they're just about to be greenlit. But, yeah, it's going to be a very, very exciting year um, if things get greenlit, um, you know, in the way in the way that we hope them to. So... Yeah, fingers crossed, and um, it'll, it'll be a, a good year onwards. And I, you know, I just hope that that'll be the case for so many people. With you know, uh, in in loads of industries, it's uh, it's been a really tough time, hasn't it? You know what I mean? But podcasts seem to be doing very well. You know, people yeah. have time on their hands. Yeah, and and new ways of working. You know, I've been working with Guinness Pro Fourteen on not just podcasts. Like, we released one tonight um, called The Analyst Eye, which is me and Marie Kinsella. And we've been doing a lot of analysis while we're at home of the games. And we've put yeah. it out in a little 25-minute show when we had James Duffy from Connaught, a breakdown coach. And yeah. we put it out tonight. Have a look at it, mate. It's, um, oh, I would love it, that, actually. Yeah, yeah. well, more discerning viewer. And when I say that, somebody who appreciates that sort of dive, deep dive into the rugby, you'll, you'll have a look at that. Just have a look on the... Yeah. Pro 14 um, uh, social medias or Facebook or YouTube. Okay. And it's 25 minutes and, and uh, yeah. just give, give me your feedback, mate. I like that, you know, because um, it's great. You know, my um, my boy is a professional rugby coach with, um, 
he's uh, he's in one of the posh boy schools in Sussex, and uh, so he works for the RFU, and and so he, a lot of stuff he does as well is in the counties. He feeds on the Harlequins and that, and Brilliant. you know, it's like with you and your analysis, Shawnee. I mean, it's great. I, I love your analysis on Scrum Five, and, that. and Thanks, what it's man. doing, it's doing for us who are lovers of the game. It's just giving us some more structure and knowledge about things because you know i mean i played and i enjoy playing but you know when i played you know props were meant to do one thing if you ran more than two foot with the ball then you know you'd think that, that was the best thing of your season let's get to the basket we can and uh, it was a great moment for all you know i was uh, robust is the only skill i had really um i said say i did say this in the interview I'd have, i could have played for wales many times Many times were it not for a total lack of ability, any core skill whatsoever, <laughs> <laughs> and any sort of sense of fit. But um, yeah, so I think more and more people are getting into because you never had that sort of analysis when we'd watched rugby in the seventies and eighties and early nineties. And now, what is great is that coaches, ex-coaches, um, analysts are coming and they're giving us another look into the depth of it. Which is why I hate armchair critics sometimes. When you go, oh man, you, you get them. You know oh, it, and you a business mate. You get them. But at the end of the day, all I've done, and um, it was great at Scrum Five to ask me on back. Well, oh, Christ, 2012. Now, but it, I just brought what we yeah. would do in the coaching room with the players to the to the public. And yeah. it's you know I'm not trying to teach anybody to suck eggs because there are people who know the game. But it's more about perhaps. Because when you watch it once, you miss so much. And then the next oh, day, God, you forget yeah. so much. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's like, oh, God. Or I tell you what I love is when somebody says, yeah, I saw that. I told my mates in the pub, I saw that. That You know, yes. you're right there. Yeah. Because it. it's giving them that kudos as well. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Mate. I, oh, I, I and, and also what it. is, there's a sort of collective experience there. And they, they know that we're seeing the same thing. And, um, yes. you know, the other thing is, that, you know, a lot of people do who perhaps don't watch live rugby or, or they don't go and see it, especially from the players' point of view, how quick it is, the speed of things. And on that pitch, the speed of what's happening in front of you, the yeah. process in which the decision has to be made, uh, but also the blur of things that are happening around, around you. Of yeah. course, the players need to look back at it because within that moment, there were a load of things going on. Did you see, uh, there was a couple of things by World Rugby, how the game has changed in 25 years of professionalism. They... they the total number of players in '95 professionally were 1.5 million. There are now 9.6 million. Um, there are 127 members, member unions now. There were 71, and these are the ones. Things like this. Back in '95, there were 24 scrums a game, right? Yeah. Now there's only 14 a game. Yeah. There were there were 38 lineouts a game. Now there's only 24. And this is the big one. The ball was in play. For only 27 minutes in '95. Now it's in play nearly 40 minutes. So you talk about speed. Now this is interesting, right? That's an interesting stat. That is from so, so from 40. Because when we did the prostate can we walk? I was having a chat with uh, Gareth Edwards and with Scott Cornell, right? We were talking about the '95 rugby league for our game, which had just been screened. Yeah. Yes. Wales played against uh, Samoa, right? And um, yeah. God, you could feel the hits coming through the telly. <laughs> I think he said that after one, the first tackle, Bateman went down and they came on. They thought he was looking for a contact lens. And he was looking for his tooth. Right? And it was absolutely <laughs> Proof tell. 
Yeah, and it's interesting about, you know, how much ball was in play and the stats of that, because when we were doing the prostate camera walk with uh, Kyle, I was chatting to Scott Cornell and Gareth Edwards, and we were chatting about <clears throat> the match that Scott had played in in the uh, Samoan and Wales game in rugby league. And, uh, and he was saying that he'd come from Union at that time, and suddenly he was playing for, you know, it was in play for like, oh, I can't remember what it was like, it was like 68 or 69 minutes right it within league and that and that's a frightening stat but although you say there were loads more scrimmages in the 90s if you go back to the 70s i've been watching the stuff um over lockdown that you can get on youtube and all the rest of it. and there's some good stuff there was um uh, and also scrum five put some great matches out as well that i hadn't seen for a long time but if you look at those games um there was uh, a barry john Karen James 15 match there was a lot of the other the Barbars and Wales match for example at that time Barbars and New Zealand match sorry but if you look at those again when a, a scrum happened it was not the event it is now right? no it was a fall in and you'd go. go down you'd, you'd bang you'd hold it'd be back it 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 was and basically so if you look at it in its essence it's a way of restarting the game of rugby and for me you know, if the ball is at the number eight's feet, well, let's crack on with it. If it's got yeah. back, how many times is a game about to continue and and there's a, you know, it's unfortunate because as soon as there's a knockdown from that moment on, the, the it, it feels to me it's no longer the player's game. It's yeah. now the referee's game. Yeah. He's in control for that. And the more we do to make it back to a player's game, uh, totally agree. better, you know. Drives me nuts, mate, because the other thing, and this has been a big bugbear of mine, with all these scrum resets and that, and so you will know this watching it, the clock still ticks. Uh, so you'd be, as a viewer, you're being shortchanged. It's a reset, another reset. Rather than stopping the clock, you know, we've lost that time for a ref to talk, for somebody to adjust his shorts, to get his bind again. Yeah, it drives me crazy. You know, and look, believe me, I, I prop, so I know that the, the art of it is incredibly important that these are you know that the position is incredibly important but the bottom line is if you let them take care of it i think it will happen quicker yeah. and also uh, aren't there not new laws now that we've been introduced i'm not sure when they always seem to come in down under before us with the southern hemisphere but I, I find right in thinking this there is a new law now whereby if you're held up that is the worst scrum that you're involved in as a spectator from up on on, because you know now the five meter scrum, the reset for that, that's when somebody's going to be naughty and take it down. Would you want to take it down if you, you know, it becomes, a, I've seen them gone for 10 minutes. I remember Wales Australia was 10 minutes and this stuff. But is the new law, uh, Sean, not that if it's held up, it's going to be a dropout rather than that? So at least that gets the game going quickly again. You know? that, that's been trial in Australia, in the Super Rugby Australia only. Right. So what what happens, Kylie, in, in that in those games? Uh, as Steve says, you take the ball across the line, but you're held up. You used to get a scrum five. Now the defending team gets a dropout from the goal line, yeah. and they trial in that in Australia, but they haven't done it in New Zealand, and they're not doing it up here in the north. So how's it working? How's it working? Yeah, I, I think it works. One, it speeds the game up. Yeah, you know, and two. You've got to think twice about just trying to charge over the line close to the line. You've got to try and work yeah. out ways of finding space to dot it yeah. down. So I quite like it. I also like the 50-22 law that they try in yes. Australia. So a bit like the 40-20 in rugby league. That's yeah. a good one as well. Yeah. 
it's got yeah. a bounce in. It's got a bounce. It's got a bounce in, though. Yeah, it's got a bounce in. But yeah. that brings back the old wiper kick, didn't it? The old cross, yeah. the old Gareth Edwards <laughs> exactly. from the eight nine. Ooh, yeah, lovely yeah. in the diagonal. Well, whilst yeah. you're reminiscing about famous Welsh greats kicks, boys, we're going to come to the end of the podcast soon. But thank you so much, Steve, for coming on. We can't let you go, mate, without asking asking you some uh, quick fire questions we ask to every guest, not just the entertainers. So I'll start off with your top three movies of all time, if you can, Mr. Spears. You know, that is... I Godfather. Which part? First one. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't go with two. I wouldn't go with two. I, I, it's too many subtitles in it for me. <laughs> um, so, uh, you can obviously tell now that Jean de Fruette, a man under source, would not be on my list as a man who does not like reading subtitles. Godfather, um, Spinal Tap. Great film. Uh, Sixth Sense, Shawshank Redemption. Oh. Yeah. Galaxy Quest. There we are. We've had two extra ones. We've never had that before. Here we are. Perfect. The second question is, well, it's the same, really, but, you know, it's not the top three or anything. What What have been your favourite things you've been watching in lockdown? What have you What have you really loved? Oh, well, I tell you what I've got into is the Netflix um, documentaries now. So, I mean, I think Tiger King took us all over, didn't it? I mean, he is absolutely... <laughs> Carol Baskin. Oh. <laughs> she just won a lawsuit, didn't she? She won a big lawsuit to take I, over one of the rivals or something. Yeah, oh, it's, I mean, that was just absolutely mad as a bucket of wash. And so I loved that. Um, I liked The Last Dance. Yeah. Which right. was... Yeah. Now that's really incredible, you know, because I don't know a lot about basketball at all, but I started watching it. I was pretty hooked on it. Um, and... It's a really interesting thing that, which I'm, I'm sure has caused debate about, you know, is that bullying that went on there within the the way that he play, approached the game? Or was it literally somebody who is dragging people and saying, look, we built the trampoline, you've got to jump on this as high as you yeah. can. You know what I mean? So that, that, I thought that was interesting. Um, a real treat was getting all the Bond films on. Terry, have you noticed that? They've gone right from the beginning. On ITV2, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've tried them all. It's fantastic. Um, uh, yeah. I, oh, I, I watched Fear City, um, which was a great documentary again on on Netflix. It's there about the mafia. In yes, I watched New it. Oh, the mob. Oh, I watched it. The, the, you put me yeah, under that, Kyle. Something against the, the mob or something, wasn't it? Fear yeah, City. What is it? I, I, oh, I loved it. I'm, yeah. I'm everything mob related mafiosos gangsters yeah. from those early 30s up until like the late 80s when they all sort of got put away that's my bread and butter i love it my me and my dad used to watch it when i was from like oh, 15 all the way up well do you know do you know that because the, the, that was really interesting that because the foot the, the shots they were showing in that documentary it could have been shots from goodfellas yeah it could have gone oh that's actually goodfellas yeah, it yeah. looks exactly like it you know the, the the movie Goodfellas is actually incredibly near to what was happening at that time, isn't it? Well, the Goodfellas was um, taken. I can't remember the name of the book now, but it was. Oh, the, I think the the book was called Wise Guy that they wrote the film. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Goodfellas from and uh, the, the guy. Um, 
who wrote the book and then obviously they, they turned it into a screenplay and a movie um, was really Otter's character. So it was pretty much not far off what he did yeah, when yeah. he yeah. became mobbed up type of thing. I'm going to ask you a question which is unrelated to any other questions I got for you. Can you name the original five Italian New York families? Oh. I know. Come on, boys. Come on. Okay. I know one no, of them was I, I can't. Some the father father was called Fat somebody. Gambinis? Gambino? That's one. That's one. Okay. Fat Tony, you're thinking of. Fat Tony. Yeah. Fat Tony. <laughs> Fat Tony. So you got the the Gambino what? family. Gambinos. Another one beginning with L. Do you know what is his middle oh, the name? The Maseratis, the 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 Retchis, the Retchis. Lucchese. Lucchese, near enough. Just, shall I just give them to you? Just, oh, give yeah. Them. So we've got Gambino, Lucchese, Bonanno, Colombo, and you've got to get the last one. Come on. Colombo. Come on, there's one more. Oh, I'm going to kick myself. Oh, I, do. I can't remember either, so I was just hoping one of you could ah. get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've set myself up for a fall there, but no. Ah, I can't do it. The last question I got for you, Steve, yeah. is um, if there was going to be, I hope there is, because I want to play your son in something. I said that to you the other day. I think it's a, I think it's a, right now, before Sean Ollie gets rid of all this fat on my body, I want to play your son in something because I think it's a match made in heaven. But anyway. In the movie epic, Steve Spears, the man, who is going to play you? Johnny Depp. Because <laughs> there's a lot of similarities. Uh, you know, <laughs> physically, obviously. I think we, we share the same gentle aesthetic look. Um, the other thing is our careers are slightly different because he tends to play romantic leads and I play sort of tragic buffoons. So um, I think he'd have a bit of acting to do, but yeah, I, I'd go with Deppy. I mean, he's as good as Deppy. Me. I'd say little Deppy boy. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, right, just say, no, why, are you, why are you laughing? <laughs> You're going to play my son. I'm about 70, am I? Jesus. I was going to say, that's a bit cheeky, isn't it? Oh, you, don't, you don't know how young I am, Steve. I could be in my, l- that, my late 20s. Get, get that beard off, he'd be praying my bloody brother. <laughs> oh, no, Too I look right. about 10 years younger without this beard. <laughs> Steve Sears, you've been brilliant on the Tuesday Club. We're going to let you go very shortly. One last thing, we do this all our guests. We've got a quick fire questions. We haven't prompted you on this. Right. Um, no ambiguity, quick answers, right? We're going to take Steve Spears up and under. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Chinese or Indian? Indian. Big stage or big screen? Uh, screen. Cardiff or London? Cardiff. Dragons or Blues? Blues. Guinness or beer? Beer. Acting or directing? Acting. Ricky Gervais or David Mitchell? You bastard. well, there's one I really like called uh, Ricky Mitchell, so I'll go with it. <laughs> class. You're big class. Steve, thanks so much for joining us on Tuesday Club. Stay safe in lockdown and wish you all the very best with the new Tuckers. It's absolutely outstanding.
Uh, thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure. And um, if they're all as good as this would be, I'll start to listen to them. <laughs> Just don't follow Fights and Shanks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Steve. You're an absolute legend, mate. Cheers, boys. Thanks a lot.